Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. God is good. And all the time, God is good. I am so ready to release this word that God has placed in my spirit. And I ask you to open up your Bibles, iPhones, iPads, your physical Bible, and open to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 14. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14 it says this I will pour out my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land then you will know that I the Lord have spoken and I have done it decrees declares the Lord today's theme is revival in a bone yard say with me revival say with me revival in a bone yard before we tap into this story we must first know the historical context of what is happening before this and God chooses a man called Ezekiel to have this unique and special experience Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2 says I am sending you Ezekiel to the nation of Israel but it is a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me they are stubborn they are hard-headed whether they refuse to listen just remember that they will know that they have a prophet amongst them so Ezekiel do not fear for I am with you and whatever I give to you, you must eat it. This is the calling of the prophet named Ezekiel. So Ezekiel is a prophet amongst the nation of Israel. But this nation was very stubborn. This nation was very rebellious. And unfortunately, because of the, the, the rebellious that they had, they were under captivity. They were going through a lot of deportation and they were under the leadership of the king Nebuchadnezzar. But in Ezekiel chapter 36, before the valley of the dry bones, God makes a promise to Israel. He says, I will restore your land. The ruins will, with, will be rebuilt. Multiplication was coming to you. They will do better than their beginnings. And you will know that I am your Lord. It amazes me that in the middle of their rebellion spirit, in the middle of their hard-headedness, God still decided, God still pleased to rebuild that city. God still, re God still pleased into blessing them. And what I love about God, that in the middle of our hard-headedness, in the middle of us being rebellious, God's mercy is still new every single morning. Can somebody identify with me today and say, God, I thank you because you didn't give me what I deserve. God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Because even when I said no, when you said yes, you still decided to protect me. You still decided to bless me. 
for his mercy. Thank God that we don't give what we don't deserve. Thank God. Thank God that we don't receive what we deserve. God's mercy is new every single morning. And despite of their hard-headedness and their, despite of them being stubborn, God says, Israel, I still got a plan for you. I still got a promise upon your life. I know you wholehearted right now. I know that you're being rebellious, but I'm still going to restore your land. And so before the restoration occurs, God gives Ezekiel a unique experience. He gives him a vision called the Valley of Dry Bones. Before we get into that, the word revival means to awake. It means to bring life again. Here we see a literal revival. We're going to read it soon. However, there are certain things that needed to happen before revival, revival hit. There were certain things that need to occur. You see, revival just doesn't happen just to happen. There are things that has to happen before the revival hits a city, a church, a nation. And so I don't know about you, but I want revival. Can, any, can anybody identify with me today? Say, God, I want revival now in the name of Jesus Christ. So the first thing that happens and we read, and I want you to read with me because you need to, you need to capture this word tonight. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, which is Ezekiel, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. The word says that Ezekiel was led by the spirit and not by his flesh. Galatians 5.16 says that we must walk by the spirit and not the flesh. This is not an advice, but this is a command. In order to see revival, we need people that, that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need people that are filled with the presence of God. We cannot afford, listen, people of God, to live in the flesh. You can't afford to make a fleshy de decision. You can't afford to, to, to make something that is flesh. But you need to be led by the Spirit of God. From the moment that you wake up in the morning, from what you put on, from what comes out of your mouth, from what you think, from the places that you go, you need to be led by the Spirit and not by your flesh. We want to see revival, but we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit. Everything that comes out of our mouth, the places that we go, everything that we do, we must understand that we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And I love because the next verse says that the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of God led me into where? A valley. <laughs> A valley of dry bones. Hold on, hold on. The Spirit of God led Ezekiel into a valley of dry bones. I can imagine that Ezekiel's like, okay. Holy Spirit is leading me. Maybe he's leading me to a palace. Maybe he's leading me into a beautiful place. Maybe he's promoting me. Maybe he's elevating me. Maybe he's opening the doors for me. But no, Ezekiel was led by the Spirit and still was brought into a valley. That's why you can never, never judge somebody by their season that they're walking in. Because little do you know that they'll probably be led by the Spirit of God. We must take our religious mindset out and off 
and say, I can't judge you for the season that you are in. You might be finding yourself in a valley of dry bones, but just maybe, just maybe the Spirit of God has led you there. We can't judge nobody by the season that they're walking in. Not everything is consequences. Not everything is consequences. Not everything is, oh my God, that God is just, just pouring down his consequence. No! Maybe it's just the Spirit of God that's leading me into this dry season. So don't judge me by my season. Because little do you know that God has placed me here. Yeah, ain't talking to me tonight. Don't judge me by the season that I'm in. Just maybe, just maybe. God is teaching me something. Just maybe, just maybe. It's just God. It's not nothing I did. It's just God. <laughs> My God. Say with me, I will be led by the Spirit of God. Say with me, I will be led by the Spirit of God. So before revival, number one, we see a person that is walking in the Spirit. Number two, we see an issue. We see a problem. The Bible, verse 2 says that he led me all around amongst the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. The Bible describes that not only there was bones on the ground, but it describes specifically that the bones were dried out. When bones are very dry, it means that there has, they have been dead for a long period of time. In reality, there's no hope at all. That's why you got to read your word because it's so specific. Every word teaches you something. So it says that he, he, he was in a valley of dry bones, of bones, first of all, but they were completely dried out. Hmm. Yet when something has been dead for so long, we tend to think well, there's no hope again. So I'm here to ask you today, have you ever been in a season where you feel like you're in a dry bones? Have you ever, ever been in a season in your life where you feel like you're dry? Have you ever been in a season in your life where you feel like there's no hope for your marriage anymore? There's no hope for that sickness in your body no more. There's no hope for your finances anymore. Have you ever visited the Valley of the Dry Bones? Because I surely have. Maybe, that's, maybe it's not even just circumstances. Maybe it's just you, your spiritual life. That you come to church and you sing and you dance and you shout. But when you walk out dry. Like nothing ever happened. Michael, have you ever visited the dry bones? Have you ever been in a dry season in your life? You probably have. You probably are right now. Or you probably one day will visit the valley of dry bones. But God in the middle of the valley, he teaches us something. Verse 3. The Bible says, then he asks me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? I asked myself, I said, God, 
Why would you ask Ezekiel something that you know the answer to? You are all-knowing God. Why would you ask Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, Marsha, because in certain circumstances that you go through, in certain problems that you go through, in certain seasons that you go through, it's not only for me to get the glory, but it is also to challenge your faith. God would always get the glory out of everything. He will always get the glory out of your mess. But at the end of the day, God wants to challenge your faith. He said, Ezekiel, do you believe that these bones can surely live? See, see, see God will never tempt you, people of God. Temptation comes from the enemy himself. But God will surely challenge you. There is a difference between temptation and challenge. Temptation is to see you fall, but to challenge you is to see you grow. Not everything is, oh, the Lord has sent to me. No, the Lord ain't. He's not tempting you. He's challenged you. He's challenging you to, for, for your faith to grow, for your faith to increase. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that now faith is assurance of things that are hoped for, for the convictions that are not seen. God will never put you in a position to see you destroyed, to see you suffer, to see you fall. It is surely for him to get the glory out of everything. And for your challenge, for your faith to be challenged. Faith is simply believing something that you do not see. Ezekiel, can these bones live? In the natural, you see dry bones. But faith sees life. In the natural, you see sickness. But faith says, I have a healed body. In the natural, you see pennies today, but tomorrow, if faith says, I see millions. In the natural, you see famine, but tomorrow, my faith says, overflow. In the natural, you see obstacles, you see oppositions, but faith says, it is an opportunity so that God can get the glory. It is an opportunity so that God can be lifted up high. Is there anybody here that can say, God, you can trust me with this obstacle. You can trust me, me visiting the valley of the dry bones. Because at the end of the day, my faith is not in men, but my faith is in place in you, oh God. Oh, and come on and lift your hands right now. I declare that your faith is being increased now in the name of Jesus Christ. That no matter what you're seeing right now, you probably see a valley of tribals. But I declare that your faith is being an increase. I declare, I declare that you will declare the things that you don't see. Yes, in an occasion. Jesus asked the disciples, what do you ask of me? 
And you know what they said? Increase my faith. Increase my faith, Jesus. Increase my faith. Because we live by faith and not by sight. Because if I were to live by the things that my natural eyes see, I would lose my mind. But God is saying, God is extending an invitation to you. Faith. Put your faith in action. Verse 3 says, Ezekiel responds to God. Oh Lord, God, you know. You know, God. You know if these dry bones are going to live. Ezekiel didn't say, oh, the news knows. My family knows, my pastor knows, my leaders know. No, no, you know, oh God, if these bones will live. Then he said to me, prophesy now, Ezekiel, over these bones and say to them, oh, try bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now that you know that God is able, what are you doing after it? After that you know that God is able to resurrect those dry bones or those dry seasons or those dry places in your life. What happens now? You begin to prophesy. But you don't begin to prophesy just to prophesy. But you begin to declare the word of the Lord. Charles H. Spurgeon says this. If we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the word of, the, of God. So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So how do we expect church of God for us to have revival, but we don't know the word of God? How do you expect to have revival in your life when you don't know the word of God. How can you declare and decree and prophesy and not know what is written in the word of God? The problem is that we are having a lot of believers, a lot of Christians that are wordless. That don't know word. You know how to do church but you don't, you don't know word. You know how to repeat after the others, but you don't know word. You want to see resurrection in your life, you better get in that book called the Bible, the Holy Bible. And you begin to declare and decree what the word of God says. How can you declare healing and not know that in the word of God says that by his stripes I am healed? How can you feel like you are being attacked and you're saying, God, I'm being attacked. Oh, God, but you don't know that the word of God says that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. You declare, you decree, you prophesy with the word of God. It's not just words. My words are not, they have no valor. They have no value. They don't weight anything. But when I say and decree the word of God, the word of God brings life. The word of God brings healing. The word of God brings restoration. The word of God brings resurrection. The word of God brings transformation. 
had nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with my title, has nothing to do with my position. It has everything to do with the word of God. Stand up and decree the word of God upon your life. Marcia, I don't know what to say. Look, look in your word. Read your word. There is thousands of promises that is in the word of God. And God challenges Ezekiel and says, I need you to prophesy. But not only prophesy, but I need you to prophesy the word of God. Hmm. So what happens? Verse 8 says, and I prophesize. This is Ezekiel saying. And I prophesize and I did what I was commanded to do. Hmm. I can imagine that Ezekiel standing in the valley of dry bones and i can imagine that if he had people around him they would say you crazy you are absolute you have lost your mind in prophesizing and declaring things upon this this valley these dry bones but let me tell you something i don't care if i look crazy as long as I'm doing the will of the Father, as long as I am walking and, and saying what God is telling me to say. Because I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says. Because it is power to those that hear it. You might be in this place right now and you're saying, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to prophesy over my stubborn child. I need to prophesy over my marriage. I need to prophesy over my finances. Even if you look crazy, you prophesy, you declare, you do what God has commanded you to say. Here we see a blessing in obedience. Here we see a blessing in what, he, what, what, what God told Ezekiel to do. He, he went ahead and did it. He didn't question. He didn't doubt. He said, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to prophesy. Just like I was commanded to do. Verse 8 says, and I prophesied. And when I prophesied, there was a noise. And there was a sudden rattling that bones came together and bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them. The power when you declare and decree the word of God. The power that you have when you declare and decree the word of God. I asked myself, I said, why did God purposely take Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones? He could have taken them to a valley of something else. I said, God, why bones? Why bones? When I looked at bones, bones give the support to your body. It gives a foundation. It gives structure to your body. And when I read this and it said that the bone to bone come, came together. The dry bones came together in order and skin began to cover them. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things, all things, say with me, all things work together for my good. So I don't know what your bone is, is, is meaning tonight. 
I don't know what dryness in your place in your spiritual life means right now but I am here to encourage you and to remind you that everything that you have gone through everything that you are facing right now is all coming together for your good that means the good the bad the ugly the pretty the marvelous in your life you probably questioning yourself God why am I going through this hell God why did I go through what I went through why why did I lose that person? Why did I have to go broke? Why did I have to get sick? And God is saying, baby, I'm turning everything together for your God. I need, I need to remind yourself, oh my gosh, all the hell that I've been through in my life. It was all in God's plan. It was all in God's plan. everything everything you better remind the devil right now devil everything that i went through you thought that you were gonna kill me you thought that you were gonna destroy me you thought that i was gonna give up on god but baby it just made me stronger it just made me wiser understand now what I'm doing but later on you will you may not get the full picture now but later on you will why you went to go through what you went through it worked out in your favor Sandra it worked out in your favor 
everything that you went through, it worked out in your favor. The devil thought he could continue to think because I know the God that I serve. And he loves me too much to let me stay where I'm at. He loves me too much to let me stay where I'm at. So when the bones came together, good news, right? The skin began to come upon the bones. Good news, right? But there was an issue. There was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Just like some of us, we come to church we sing, we dance, we shout. We know how to do church very well. But there's no breath inside of us. There's no breath. That's why constantly we have to remind you to lift your hands during worship. That's why sometimes it's hard for you to come to the house and open up your mouth. Because you are formed. You got bones. But you have no breath. You got no breath. The Holy Spirit is not living inside of you. And God told Ezekiel, now I know you prophesied over the dry bones. But now I need you to prophesy over the breath. Oh, how the devil is after your breath. Oh, how the devil is after your breath. That you're here. You're physically here. But you're dying spiritually. You have no breath. It's like the walking you're walking, you're singing, you're dancing, you're moving, but you're dead spiritually. And Ezekiel had to prophesy over the breath of the bones. <laughs> when God formed you, after he formed you, the Bible says that, he breathed into you. This was before Genesis. Genesis. He formed you, but he breathed into you. So God forms you. But you are letting God breathe into you. Are you letting the Holy Spirit not only visit your life, but you allowing the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. The devil's after your breath this year. Everything that we're going through. Everything that we're going through. COVID, sickness, job loss, financial crisis, marriage problems. 
mental problems, anxiety, depression, oppression, suicide attempts. The devil is after your breath. But today, I declare life into you. I declare that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you are in the perfect place, baby. You are in the house of God where he moves freely, where he can touch, where he can heal, where he can restore, and where he can blow life into you. Oh my gosh. So after he prophesied breath, then they rose up. Bible says that they were formed into an army. This is the reason why me and you are here. To be formed into this united army of Christ. To fight the devil himself. To fight the devil himself. Oh my God. I'm going to close with this. My husband was telling me this week I just told him my theme we were talking on the phone he said babe are we waiting on revival or revival is waiting on us are we waiting for revival or revival is straight chilling, sitting down, waiting for the people of God to get it together. Revival in a boneyard. What are you doing? You can turn off the lights. What are you doing to provoke revival? There was a divine order in this story. A person that was filled with the Holy Spirit... There was an issue, there was a problem, but there was a, a faith in action. And if you total all those three, things, those three things together, signifies revival. Revival has to happen when people of God are filled with the Holy Spirit. Revival has to occur because revival is you awaken something. So that means that something has to be dead first in order for revival, revival to hit. Hmm. What are you doing to provoke revival in the middle of a pandemic? I have some really good news for you. That God is still moving. He is still healing. He's still touching and he is still restoring. God is doing all of that. God is restoring, he's healing, he's moving. But are you seeking, are you fasting, are you praying, and are you worshiping? Because we want revival to hit, but we don't want to seek. We don't want to pray. We don't want to do the, the hard work behind the scenes to provoke the presence of God in our homes and in our churches. Andrew Murray said this. A, re we, a revived church is the only hope for a dying world. 
A revived church is the only hope for a dying world. We will never be able to have revival, to, to, to have a, a people that do not know God and have crazy revival when the church is not revived. When you yourself are not revived. How are you going to revive somebody else when you yourself need to be revived? How? How do you expect God to use you when you are dying yourself spiritually? And God is saying today, it's with you that I want to deal with. Before you hit out there, before you preach the gospel, before you are used, I need to work with you. I need to work with your inner man. I need to work with your spirit man. Because the devil is attacking, and I feel it in my spirit, in this time like never before. And he's after you. He's after you. But are you just going to stay and not do anything about it? Or are you going to stand up like the woman of God that you are to prophesy and to decree upon these dry bones? Please send you. the worship team can come and join me today. God is in this place. God is in this place. And tonight I declare that your life will not be the same. You're not leaving this place the same. You're not leaving this place the same. So right now I just want you to close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you for your word. I was released tonight, oh God. We know that you are here. If there's anybody here that is in this place or that is watching us online and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior and you want to accept that God that we preach about, that we sing about, tonight is your night. So I want you to lift your hands and we're going to say a prayer over you. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior, Come on and just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Wave it so I can make sure that I'm talking to you. Wave it. We have one person who has given their life to Jesus. Come on. We got one, one life. One life. One life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, TLC. How do we welcome this new life that has accepted Jesus as their personal Savior?